Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leslie. And welcome to Quince. A little sweet. A little tart. And a little unexpected. It's Monday, November 2nd, 2015. And the word of the day is... Music. Ah, suggested by one of our listeners. Yes, Susan Wynn Hodges. Ah, Susan's a delightful person. Yes, all of our listeners are delightful. That's right. And you can tell us a little bit about Susan. Well, I've known her about 14 years. We met at our Antique Postcard Collectors Club. And she has been the treasure of the club all these years. Her favorite things to collect are concerning the Blue Ridge Parkway. And in recent years, Susan has become quite adept on the dulcimer, on the lap dulcimer. And I have a feeling that might have been why she suggested music. That's a possibility. I'm sure most of the people around here are familiar with dulcimers. But it is a mountain instrument that uh, a fairly primitive, I suppose, is um, considered. Uh, it's a box, basically, with strings, and you pluck it, or and, but you do note it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know tons about musical instruments, but it is. Uh, we have a fellow, uh, we had a fellow in the community that uh, Jeff Stevens that made them and still makes them, I think. Yes, in fact, um, I heard Jeff playing his dulcimer at Felicia Sheeler's home at Spiritual Group just last week. Oh, uh, yeah. And we had some newcomers who were attending and they were fascinated they had never seen a dulcimer being played and jeff makes you know as you said makes them and they're absolutely beautiful and Um, he's a talented musician as well yes (laughs) yes and he was playing his lap dulcimer but he also has um the the dulcimer that he the hammer the hammer dulcimer and he's he's proficient above proficient on all of them yeah, a lot of that i suppose dates back to the uh, irish uh, the scotch irish mm-hmm. um, influence on our music in this area i've also even heard perhaps a little african being thrown oh, well, in there sure. too yeah yeah i'm sure we have a lot of influences music is huge in this area more so than anywhere I've ever lived. Yep, and I think it, and it's really, along with story, which we talked about a few episodes mm-hmm. ago, music is the, the heart and soul of the people in this region. Uh, Patrick County, uh, all of Patrick County is into music. Uh, and there's lots of different types of music that have been preserved in the region. And um, one thing I was going to mention for sure, um, the Rural Music Coalition. Oh, yes. Uh, which uh, is encouraging young people, if I understand correctly, and they're uh, meeting at least once a month, I mm-hmm. think, at the Star Theater. And That's they have right. lots of other new, uh, or lots of other unique um, events that they've been doing lately. So we'll put up a link to what they're doing oh, in the area. And um, I specifically wanted to mention that because that's music that some of it was I wasn't as familiar with, you know, because it wasn't part of my immediate tradition growing up. Well, Les Moore with his exactly. jazz and blues yeah. singing, uh-huh. exceptional. Exactly. And there's a, a thing called Patrick County Blues that the Fadrell family. Oh, yes, um, of course. Yeah, and, they call, and I have been told that it's different. 
than other types of blues uh, coming out of the African-American heritage that we have in the, in the overall region that Patrick County has a little bit different um, way of doing it. And Lynn Fodrell still oh, yeah, plays. Absolutely. Yeah. So that mm -hmm. was, uh, the Fodrells were my first um, exposure to a different type of Patrick County music because I grew up with bluegrass. Right. Yeah. Right. I grew up with bluegrass at my grandfather's kitchen table. You know, and um, that and my brother, of course, and um, all the bluegrass festivals and things that were going on. So, uh, so the five rails were the main first influence to me of something different besides rock and roll, because I, I grew up <laughs> in the '60s, and my aunt was a Beatles fan. Oh, weren't you lucky? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, she she really broadened my horizons in a lot of ways. My aunt Brenda, <laughs> she was only <laughs> like 12 years older than me, and so we grew up. Um, fighting and stuff, but she she was a big influence on, on me in a lot of ways. But yeah, the Beatles, um, Sammy's very first song that he ever learned in his life was I'm Henry the Eighth I Am. Oh, really? Yeah, by Herman's Hermits. Absolutely, and can you, he was I like can three. just picture little Sammy <laughs> Sheila Yeah, he was that. like three years old. He probably mm. wouldn't want me to tell that. In fact, you should tell the folks some some about Sammy. Just okay. Well, the Sammy legend. Uh, uh, well, Sammy's my brother. Uh, he grew up in Medicine Dan and surrounded by all these musicians. Now, when he was about six, his grand well before he was born, his grandfathers had decided his life. <laughs> if he had been an untalented girl, they would have sent him back. You know, because uh, they had decided what he was going to be. He was going to be a banjo player. Wow. No lie. And so when he was six years old, he's big enough to barely hold a banjo, my one grandfather, and he still has it, made a um, little banjo for, for him out of a pressure cooker lid. Oh, my goodness. And um, I think the things that hold it together were bent coat hangers. And so the other grandfather, my this, this was my mother's grandfather, uh, Cruz Howell, um, made him the little banjo. Sandy Sheeler, his other grandfather, said that if he learned two songs on that banjo, that he would buy him a real one. So Sammy went off and learned Cripple Creek, I know. Wow. <laughs> and I can't remember what the other one was, probably old Joe Clark or one of the uh, things. And Grandpa bought him a banjo and started taking him around to all these, um, you know, um, bluegrass uh, events, little festivals and stuff. They went everywhere. But so by the time Sammy was 10, he was playing with a band. Mm. I'm sure Cecil Hall and right. uh, uh, Leon Pollard and all those guys, um, and they went to Oklahoma when Sammy was a teenager on tour during the summer. And so he really never had a chance to be anything else. But you know what? I've never seen anyone play who takes such pleasure in playing. Well, and I always say, um, I had a discussion one time with somebody, there's a difference between talent and genius. Mm -hmm. And I think if you have genius, you can do nothing else. Right. It just is what it is. You know, and for what it uh, has done, you know, he's got genius. I really feel like that that's, he can't do anything else. He's done, he's done some other, he just went into country music for a while, but he just went back into bluegrass, you know, it's just his first love. And so he's the, uh, the um, band is the Longtime River Band. Mm -hmm. 
And they travel all over. They've been to Europe. They've been to Japan. They've been all over the country. He's in South Carolina right now, I think. Uh, they've been on TV. Uh, they've um, Sammy's been on the David Letterman yeah, show. Yeah, twice or three times. <laughs> He's been in Times Square on the marquee. Somebody put that up uh -huh. on uh, Facebook um, a couple of days ago. Uh, um, right, I think right. it was two years ago, and it was one of their memories. <laughs> the Steve Martin winning. Yeah. the Steve Martin. Yeah, and then they uh, worked. They worked mm -hmm. with Alan Jackson. They worked with um, uh, Fogarty. Oh, with Dan. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, John Fogarty, the oh, uh, the Creedence Clearwater guy. Right, right, right. Yeah, and uh, so they've done uh, a lot of stuff, and I think it's fun for him. I do think it is. Uh, Daddy made him finish high school. <laughs> I think Sammy intended to finish high school, but Daddy was pretty definite he needed to finish high school. Well, Sammy's you know. a smart guy on yeah, top yeah. of being... Yeah, you know, school musician. wasn't high on his list of priorities, but, uh, you know, he did fine, but... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that's um, what... Uh, so that was one of the big influences in, in our lives was the bluegrass and the church music. Yes. Yeah, uh, we would go off somewhere... You know, with Sammy playing music, Mama always made us get up and go to church the next morning. Didn't matter what, you know, because so she she had her priorities too. <laughs> <laughs> so we would go to church on Sunday morning. We were raised in a Presbyterian church. Um, of course, we were um, have relatives in other churches, so we had been to many different types. And so the Presbyterian church is pretty normal church raising music, I suppose. Right, uh, pretty they, traditional. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Although your church, uh, the Mayberry Presbyterian Church, has that song "Lord of the Dance." And we I, just sang it this oh, past Sunday. Love that song. I love that song. Oh yes. Yeah, it, it's like it's got a shaker background, but That's it right. seems to me like it's like medieval. It's mm -hmm. just so beautiful. So uh, I'll try to put a link to somebody doing a good version of that. And uh, so that's, uh, but it's pretty traditional, pretty basic, um, what you would hear in churches. But when we, we were very small, we used to go to other churches. And it may have been the Presbyterian Church up here. I can't remember, but they would do um, shake note singing, mm -hmm. which um, is a basic way of laying out the um, music using shaped notes to tell you whether it's a do, re, mi, fa, so, la. Right, <clears throat> right. I have seen that printed out. Yeah. So anyway, um, the shape notes, the, the shape of the note indicates what note you sing, is my understanding of it. And I don't know a whole lot about it, but it used to be a huge part of the social life of our area because they'd have these shape note singing schools. And that's when you got to see the girls and <laughs> right. boys and got to walk home with them. And now, was that more of a primitive Baptist No, it was thing? everybody. It was everybody. It was everybody. Um, there was a, one of my cousins, Frank Sheeler. They were Baptist Baptists. Um, they taught shape notes. He taught shape mm -hmm. notes singing. Um, my grandmother was pretty much raised in the Methodist church, but they also, I think she was uh, at the Brethren Church as well. And they did the uh, singing school. So uh, I think it was pretty much everybody was, uh, if there was a singing school, everybody would go. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, the um, 
the primitive Baptists did not believe in, or do not believe in, in the instruments. Music, in the instruments. Right. And so they sing the acapella. We have a, there's a church down here, that, a Concord church that uh, we have our family reunion at. And out of respect for them, when we have the family get together and sing, we don't use instruments. Oh, in my goodness. A, a Sheeler family uh -huh. reunion <laughs> and no instruments. That yeah, would but, be... you know, once they get outside, you know, they, right. they yeah, grab those guitars and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and well, that fiddle. Of course, I grew up in the Methodist church, mm -hmm. so music's very important. John Wesley and Charles Wesley Absolutely. and Suzanne Wesley, I mean, they wrote some of the hymns that are still sung to this day mm -hmm. and I never could carry a tune but mm. as Methodists you're always told to sing out sing no loud, make a joyful praise, noise make a joyful noise mm -hmm. so it didn't have, it didn't say it has to be tuneful it right. has to be joyful right, right. <laughs> I always felt bad for the families that sat in front of us in church because my dad and I neither one could carry a tune so <laughs> no, sure the not. poor Beresfords that Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, there's some great singers in the Presbyterian Church over there now. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we have um, Joey Wester, who mm -hmm. is our uh, piano player right. and organist, and mm -hmm. he's just wonderful. Yep. He also, he leaves our church and plays the Baptist at the yep. Baptist yep. Church. Yeah, that, that's a kind of a tradition, too, mm -hmm. because you're one of your previous um, pianists would play for you, and then she'd come up to the... Baptist Church as well, so you know. So we're not, you know. People have denominations up here, but they, in general, it's not like, you know, right. the, ba the Baptists are this way and the right, <laughs> Methodists right. are that way. Everybody gets along. Yeah, you know, we get along pretty well. The other tradition we have that I always used to love, and I haven't heard this done in a long time, we called it lining out the song. I like that title. Yeah. And what would happen, and, and it was mostly probably poorer churches. I don't think it was denominational, but it was basically people, that, churches that couldn't afford hymnals. So the, uh, the song leader would get up, and it would, I think most of the time they did it a cappella, because they probably couldn't afford hymnals, probably couldn't afford a piano unless somebody donated it. <clears throat> and so he would get up, and he would say the first phrase of the song. He would, you know, like, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Mm -hmm. And then the congregation would go, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. And then he'd go, and just before they finished, he'd say, just, uh, The Savior wretch like me. And then he would go along that way. And it was a beautiful effect. Oh, yes. Yeah, but if my wasn't acting up, I would sing the whole thing. But <laughs> oh, and Leslie has a pretty voice. Well, my voice cracks anymore, but. Mm. Yeah, but that was uh, another way that people did uh, in the churches when I was growing up. And all of that had an effect on um, on the traditions that have been carried on that a lot of the younger people now are coming up with. Very talented. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we did have our rock and roll. You know, the radio <laughs> came um, in, I guess, back in the... The local radio started back in the 60s, I think, and they played all kinds of stuff. And then, of course, the FM radio came in. 
Right, Ruth Jean, our neighbor Ruth Jean Bolt, your cousin, mm -hmm. down the road, she and I were discussing radios just the other evening uh -huh. and what we could get late at night. Oh, okay. And she loves the radio. Yeah. And I, me too, you know, growing up, it'd be like Fort Wayne and yeah. uh, Pittsburgh and whatever the call, you know, WLS Chicago. Oh, wow, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we did that too, but uh, I can't remember. A whole lot about the um, late night radio. I remember when I was in D.C. There was the Wolfman. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he was mm -hmm. local to D.C. or if he was. No, uh, he was all over. All over. Yes. He would play the rock and roll stuff. Mm -hmm. that we, uh, you know, and of course when I was a teenager, it's just like bluegrass was just so, you know, out of style. Or, right. You know, so I was all about the pop music and uh, all of the the popular things that were going on. Yes, me too. Growing yeah. up in the middle of West Virginia, it was more the country yeah. music and our radio station, which, you know, looking back on it, it was it was a really fine, small-town radio station. Oh, yeah. But I would only listen to that half hour they played rock and roll, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And classical music pretty much wasn't a part of the... Um, environment at all when I was a kid. Uh, there was, There's an old Victrola upstairs and um, there were a few big band because we listened to anything. My brother and I would um, get anything out and put on the record player and learn every song. You know, we knew 50 show tunes because that was the record, the, uh, the LP albums that um, my mom had exactly from, from her teenage sure, years. Sure, sure. So we knew we knew every song of South Pacific. South Pacific. Right. My mother had those. Yeah, too. yeah. Those. She so had we, the piano sheet music to yeah, all of those. Yeah. So we knew all that mm -hmm. stuff, and then we did, um, you know, Thunder Road. You know, that um, I guess it was a move uh, out of a movie. We had a little forty-five of that. So we learned all those things. So I don't know how that influenced Sammy and his music. <laughs> it didn't. Um, I had a little bit of voice training in high school. It was because we I sang in choirs and things, but I never got serious about it. Well, I took piano lessons for nine years. Okay. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and guess what? I didn't have the genius nor the talent. But, well, you, did, you stuck with it for nine years. Well, no, that was because my mother told <clears throat> us when we started taking piano lessons, we had to take all the way through high school. Oh. And I was eight years old. Oh. And I didn't know any better. Oh. <laughs> and Mrs. Loftus, she was the kindest, sweetest piano teacher. And... She used to cut me a lot of slack no. through, <laughs> through the years. <laughs> yes, I think that's one reason I wanted to go off to Australia as an exchange student because then I could quit taking quit piano lessons. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a drummer, a percussionist yeah. in um, junior high and high school band. Yeah. Most of my favorite was were the timpani, the big kettle drums. Oh, right. And since I could read music, and most drummers cannot read music. Mm -hmm. They can read the, you know, the notes for the beats, but not the actual A, B, right. you know, face, you know, any yeah. of the notes. 
but because of my years of piano lessons. So I got to play the fun instruments, the bells, the xylophone, and the timpani, because you had to tune them. Right, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so. That, that's one thing about people up here is they play by ear. Right. And they sing by ear. And so a, a lot of people can't read music, you know, that are actually pretty good musicians or extremely good musicians. It simply wasn't important to them because they can just do it. Yeah, they can hear it. Yeah. So anyway, so that's, um, I guess, our discussion about music. Yes, we did a good job there. <laughs> we can go on. So maybe we need to talk about a little yeah. sweet. Yeah, a little sweet is our projects. And I'm getting ready for a craft show. I'm really excited. I haven't done a craft show in a long time. I've done fiber festivals. I haven't done a craft show. And I was invited um, uh, down to the Reynolds Homestead to do the arts and crafts show on the 21st. That's right. Yeah, I think it starts at 10. 10 so to 3. 10 to 3. And um, they've got, a. I think she said 25 people. That's right. So it's going to be a really nice show. It's going to be a great show. Yeah. So I've been busily making things. Um, I made some fingerless mitts. Those are beautiful. Yeah, I made some little fingerless mitts. And the things that I make, I make up the patterns myself. So, uh, so they're unique. They're, you're not going to find another one. And um, I made, I've made a couple of scarves so far. And uh, so that's what I've been doing. Pretty Wonderful. Much. Nothing, uh, no, no spinning. No, I've just been sitting and knitting and listening to books on tape or audio books. I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> People and know. I am so old-fashioned. Mm -hmm. and so and what have you been up to? Well, I will also be at that craft show where yeah. we're going to be serving food yeah. that day. So I'll be nice. helping probably in the kitchen. Yeah. But we're getting ready uh, at the Reynolds Homestead. I think it'll be our third, maybe fourth year of something called the Second Sunday Music Series. Uh -huh. And it starts in December and goes through April. And so, December, we have Christmas music. The oh, Fringe yeah. Band will be there. And then in January, we usually have youth, the youth of the county, all nice. different kinds, from cool. saxophone playing to <laughs> any, whatever. Yeah. In February, we have um, Black Gospel. Oh, that all is afternoon. an amazing show. Yes, yes. Oh, Virgie wow. Penn. Oh, Reverend Penn, she does a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah, I've been to that sometimes, and you know, it's they just get going good after mm -hmm. five or six hours. That's <laughs> right. That's that right. is a show not to miss. Yes, yes. Yeah, all of them are shows not to miss. Right, and then in March, I think they usually have maybe even some classical, cool. something like that. And April's usually the really old time. Yeah. Lucas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. That's another thing we didn't mention in the previous thing. Uh, there's a difference between old time and bluegrass. Yes. Yeah. The old time music um, does have its roots deeper into this area, and I think bluegrass grew out of it. But there's an entirely different sound. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah. There you go. Been, yeah. <laughs> when when I'm doing the editing, I go through and I think, oh, we should have talked about this. Oh, we should have talked about. This. I know. Hey, if we find we have more to say, we can we just can do another on. show. Yeah, music episode. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think you have a book for a little cart. I do. When we decided to do music as a topic, it was so strange. But this book that I read, oh my goodness, probably 30 years ago, immediately came to mind. Really? It made such an impact on my life. Wow. It's called Body and Soul by Frank Conroy. Mm -hmm. Not to be mixed up with Pat Conroy, who's right. another favorite author. Yeah. But this was Frank Conroy. And this book came out in the 70s. And it is about a young boy growing up in New York City, dirt poor, with an alcoholic mother who drives taxi cabs, and he's in this little basement apartment where he can see people's feet wow. walking. Well, he finds his mother's little piano keyboard, because apparently she had played at nightclubs or something at one time, and finds out that he's he's a genius, a protege. Wow. And a, a, a fella, and this story takes place in the late 40s, early 50s, and a man, a Jewish fella, owns the music store down the street from him, and he had been in the concentration camps. But he takes this young fella under his arms and... It turns out, you know, he becomes a world-class musician. Wow. But the book itself is so well-written, so I just wanted to recommend it. Yeah. It's still around, you know, you can buy it for a penny on yeah, Amazon. Sure. Yeah. But um, it'll be one that, okay. that I would highly... I'll make a link. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That I, I would recommend. And, of course, there's... There's a million, but that's oh, yeah. the one that came to yeah, mind. Yeah, that's a big one. No, when we were kids, we always had books of nursery songs and rhymes. I'm sure you remember some things like that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. a, a big deal. And um, the, my grandma would sing songs to us when we were kids. She'd change the words. <laughs> and put Sammy's name in it or my name or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a musical memory uh, is sweet to me is seeing my mother and her two sisters when they'd come to visit, mm -hmm. you know, when we were growing up and they would get surrounded on the piano and mother would play and her sisters would say, or they'd all three sings oh, and they'd start out singing hymns you know their right. father was a Methodist minister yeah. so they'd start off but before long that sheet music from the 30s and 40s <laughs> came out of the <laughs> piano bench and they'd be playing cool. and singing that no, yeah now, I can't think of any other books about music now unfortunately with my hearing music is not all that important to me anymore. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, it Aww. is. And when I sing, I sing from memory. Mm -hmm. but, and so I, I can't really sing new songs because I can't hear the music well enough to follow it. And I sort of read music, but I don't, you know. Well, then what a blessing it. that you have so much music already in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, uh, um, if I can, um, and you have a great singer the, that Lord of the Dance song that I love so much, you had a great singer that happened to be sitting, standing right in front of me and I could hear him. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> so yes. I can follow on that one. Mm. I was going to read a Hunter Thompson quote. Yes, let's do that. Maybe uh, now this will be a little unexpected. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Music, energy to me, a question of fuel. Sentimental people call it inspiration, but what they really mean is fuel. I have always needed fuel. I am a serious consumer. On some nights, I still believe that a car with the gas needle on empty can run about 50 more miles if you have the right music very loud on the radio. Perfect. Hunter <laughs> S. Thompson. Oh, you know, when we were teenagers, we just drove around with the music playing loud. I'm sure we drove people crazy. Didn't we all? Yeah. Yes. Yep, that was the thing. We had the Stardust Drive-In in Buchanan, <laughs> West Virginia, where you oh, could we order, pull up, and, you know, yeah, order. Yeah, we had Tex Texas Drive-In, and he did Cherry Sprites. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people from um, the Stewart area remember that. And you would drive up there, and you get the Cherry Sprite, and then you just drive circles around town and listen to the music. Oh, and that's really the only time I do listen to music is in the car. And I'm rarely in the car, but um, if I don't have an audio book, I will listen to music on, in the car. I'm loud. Oh, yes. There's really some, loud. <laughs> something about having the right music <laughs> really on. Really loud. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. so, and you had another quote. Oh, yes. This was, I really like this one. And it's from Douglas Adams, you know, who wrote um, The Hitchhiker's the Guide. The Hitchhiker's Guide and Doctor Who. Yeah. He was a Doctor Who. Um, oh, did he write some of the yeah, well, screenplays? Yeah, he was involved in the productions um, mm -hmm. in, um, in several fashions. So. Oh, how cool. Yeah, very cool. Yes, yes. So. Well, all right. This is what Douglas Adams said. Beethoven tells you what it's like to be Beethoven, and Mozart tells you what it's like to be human. Bach tells you what it's like to be the universe. Cool. Isn't that cool? Very cool. Yes. And, you know, I, I like classical music, so I get, I get this. Yeah. But, on the other hand, I started substituting and well, thinking sure. in my mind, all right, to me, Bonnie Raitt, tells me what it's like to be human. Okay. Eric Clapton tells me what it's like in the universe. Yeah. And maybe Neil Young. He yeah. tells me what it's like to be Neil Young. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, who tells you who, who, what it's like to be themselves mm. in modern worlds? Maybe a lot of the bluegrass people because maybe. so many of the... Um, old songs are so personal mm -hmm. and about feeling and I'd say maybe the religious songs are are personal and uh, about feeling and yet think how you know Amazing Grace was written about the fella who decided he didn't want to be a, a slave yeah. ship captain yeah, anymore but, but yeah and that's but that and, and it is it's broader but it's also very personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was his story. Yeah, that was his story. One of my favorite songs ever is called 50 Miles of Elbow Room. It's mm. an old, um, I think it's uh, an old Carter family song. And it's, um, the gates are wide on the other side. And it, it's basically saying, 
that um, they're headed for heaven, there's flowers everywhere, and the gates are wide. Ah. And I may have told this story before, but I'm going to do it again. Um, I was at the National Folk Festival uh, several years ago, um, hand spinning, and uh, Patrick County had set up a booth. And so I was there with Lisa Hollingsworth. Right. And she was telling stories, uh, doing a beautiful job, and I was hand spinning. And we spent the entire day. Well, there came one of those rains that just does not stop. And it was a flood. Now, I was actually sitting spinning in a long dress with um, a very expensive spinning wheel. And the uh, my dress was floating down Ooh. the river. <laughs> we were Ooh. on pavement. And this, you know, the water was rushing by. My spinning wheel locked up and I had to all sorts of crazy things. So anyway, uh, my brother was also there with the Crooked Road project, which I think we've mentioned too. Mm -hmm. And um, they were the their booth was set up next to Patrick County. Well, his stage got washed away, or the island or wherever it was that they were going to be working got flooded. So picture that there are ten or twelve thousand people milling around in this area where we are. We're under a tent. This is in Richmond, This right. is in downtown Richmond mm -hmm. at the, um, uh, the Civil War Park. Uh, there's right. a big factory. We were kind of in front of this factory. Uh, so picture that there's ten or 12,000 people. Sam, Sammy and Linda Lay and David Lay. I'd never met them before. This was the first time I'd ever heard, even heard of, about them. I had come up and Sammy fixed my spinning wheel. And um, and also some relatives, some long-lost relatives had turned up. And so they were talking to me. 10, 12,000 people milling around. And Sammy and um, Linda and David, I really wasn't paying that much attention, sat up beside us because there's no place for them to play. All at once, I hear the most amazing banjo playing. Mm. And it was something I had never heard Sammy do. Because he's a hard-driving bluegrass man. Right. You know, the, his, his brand of bluegrass is called Progressive. But this was the sweetest, gentlest sound. And then Linda Lay starts singing 50 Miles of Elbow Room. 10,000 people went absolutely quiet. Oh, my. It was the most amazing experience, the most religious experience I believe I've ever had in my life. And I've had a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 12,000, 12, and the quiet just kept going out. You mm. know, and Linda has a beautiful voice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Anyway, and it was just, just so intense to have that many people involved in this moment. So I don't know how that. I think that's very personal, and I think that's what um, maybe our type of music is, is Beethoven. Speaking to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's more Beethoven, mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. revealing ourselves to ourselves. So, and then wow, that's a wonderful story. Yeah, yeah I don't, maybe I hadn't told that one before. I tell that mm -hmm. one a lot. Mm -hmm. You might have mentioned it, but not quite in the same way. Yeah, not quite in the same yes. way. But it, it was. It was amazing. that those We went three years. But that one, I think that was the first year. And that was the best year. 
It really was. And, of course, it was great being there with Lisa. And, oh, yes. And Jeannie, the dear Jeannie mm -hmm. that we miss. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a wonderful thing. So, and another uh, musician that I bet nobody else has ever heard of um, is a British musician who's, uh, you probably have heard of him because um, he did the song, song called Year of the Cat. Which is uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. And but I've never listened to a single other thing he's yeah, done. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I don't think anybody else has either. His name's Alf Stewart. And to me, I think he kind of is pretty broad in his, um, in those categories because I found out about him. I missed the Year of the Cat somehow. Oh, I'm the, I don't know where I was in 1975, but I wasn't paying attention. And so in 1978, he came out with this album called Time Passages. Mm -hmm. And I got a hold of it somehow, and it just totally blew me away. So I have followed him ever since. He doesn't put out a lot of music. But um, his themes can be anywhere from um, the story of you know, Thomas More. Amazing. To the story of Marie Celeste. Now, so he's he, Scottish in background? Yeah, he, he was born in Scotland, and he has a lovely accent and voice, And but I think he writes all his songs, and um, he has one song about a girl that works in a diner. Well, now you have me wanting yeah. to go home and get on YouTube <laughs> yeah, and listen. It. Yeah, and then uh, the last album that I know of that he did was called uh, Sparks of Ancient Life. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, and one of the songs... Given who we are in our age is called, um, um, let's see, growing up in the Eisenhower years. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, you know. Who was president when you were born. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, I guess Eisenhower was president when I was born. Before he was when I was, yeah. yes. Yeah, Kennedy came in right after, but, yes. yeah, so, um. Oh, that's called The Child's View of the Eisenhower Years. Oh, even better. That was the name of the song. And it's just really, um, I think he covers a couple of categories. So, an unfamiliar um, musician mm -hmm. for, for everybody. Or underappreciated. Underappreciated, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing them. <laughs> yeah, and I can't think of who my other one would be to um as far as universe goes yeah i think you probably got it with uh, with eric and yeah you can't beat eric Clapton. yeah yeah mm -mm. absolutely so. i used to always joke and say well i still say it that i'd never get married again unless eric clapton agreed to play at my wedding there you go <laughs> 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 mm. yep. Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of great music out there, you know. I, I'm not as familiar with modern music, you know, as I ought to be. I listened to an interview on Fresh Air with Iris DeMint, the oh. other, and she has such a unique voice. Yes. And she was raised in the Pentecostal Holiness oh. Church, and mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of where her, her background comes mm -hmm. from. Yeah, she's interesting. Yeah. And uh, I, I saw her doing Our Town. Yes. Amy Lou, you put that on, I yes. think. Yes, yes. <laughs> you put that on Facebook oh. the other night. That was what I went to bed with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a great, great yeah. song. And singing with Amy Lou. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, no, we got lots of time. <laughs>
And, um, yeah, I guess we really ought to say something about modern, modern music, but I don't think we're qualified. <laughs> Are we? Well, do you know that? You may know more. Well, no, I really You have don't. a granddaughter. I have a granddaughter, but do you know what she loves listening to is Jimmy Buffett. Oh, really? That's my son's influence, oh, that's I think. Cool. So most of the time when we're in the car riding or whatever, it's Jimmy Buffett okay. well, <laughs> all maybe, the way. Yeah, maybe some of our listeners can suggest some modern, mm -hmm. uh, more modern people. But um, well, you know, um, somebody was talking about a friend of mine who's about who's I think she's ninety, and she was saying she just couldn't appreciate it. And so I sent her a link, and I said, "Well, let this maybe this will make you smile." To uh, Farrell Williams's "Happy," oh yeah, and that, I said, well, you know, I mean, that's young, modern, yeah, whatever. Absolutely. But that song, how can you not get you up and dance? Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, I try not to be like the my grandparents or my grandfathers. So, of course, I think partly it was to tease my aunt about her music. Mm -hmm. You know, because they would say it was all repetitious. And, uh, yeah, 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 you know. Right, right. <laughs> so the, and, then, and probably partly it was to tease her about. So I try not to be close-minded about younger people's stuff. Well, but, I'll tell you a group that, um, once again, I listen to NPR, which yeah. is how I get my links. But um, I listened to an interview with... Uh, not cello. What's the other... Herbo? No, no, the, um, maybe it was the cello. This is terrible. Um, one of those brain, whatever. A Korean immigrant who came over when he was one year old. And, yes, he became a cellist. Mm. But he is playing. He's now plays with the Abbott Brothers. Oh. Who is, the, and they are this wonderful band. Yeah. You know, I don't know how young they are. They're probably yeah. all in there late 30s That's or something. Young. Yes, pretty young. <laughs> and, pretty young. And they just, they're really cool. I mean, yeah. I would go see them. Cool. Yes. And there's a local, well, North Carolina group called Holy Ghost Tent Revival. And they're, I love some of I their songs. Them. Yes, I saw them up at Floyd Fest. Cool. There's a big music festival that is oh, 10 miles up the road. Yeah, that has 14,000, 15,000 people oh, every yeah. summer. And all kinds of music. Oh, wonderful. Everything. They have about four or five stages. Yeah, and everything from real African dancing from, from Africa to uh, you know, everything you could possibly imagine. Yeah, Floyd Fest is fun. Floyd Fest is huge. It's yeah. huge. Yeah, it really is. And another big thing we have here is the Galax Fiddlers Convention. That's a big one. That's big. 75 um, plus years. Yeah, yeah, that's a big Of course, that's all old time and bluegrass. Although I think they lean toward old time more. I love going on the night the children play. Yeah. They compete. Yeah. And some of them are really good. They are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, well, I guess we probably ought to wrap it up. Um, if anybody does have any suggestions, our uh, show notes are at www.quincepodcast.com. We're also on iTunes. Uh, you can find us under Quince Podcast, or you can look for Beth Almond Ford or Leslie Sheeler. It's a little easier to find us that way. And we also have a Facebook page. 
And so any comments, um, constructive criticism, we'd appreciate hearing from you. Absolutely. What fun, Leslie. This was a great topic. Yeah, thank, thank you, Susan yeah, Wynn Hodges. Yes, yeah, thanks very much, Susan. And we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.